Hey everybody, welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. Um, so today, uh, I've got a return guest, and it's sort of timely because uh, uh, Minnesota bear application season just ended, uh, Wisconsin baiting season just opened up, and um, and so I brought on return guest, uh, Dan Infault. Uh, he's been on before, talked about Minnesota bear hunting, and uh, he's done it successfully quite a few times and uh he's a really fun guy to talk about it with so um how you doing dan hey good thanks for having me on yeah thanks for coming on so i know you're a busy guy so i appreciate your time but uh anyway um so i guess i really want to start this so probably weekly at least weekly if not you know a few times a week i get an email from somebody you know that's like hey i live in southern Michigan, southern Wisconsin, southern Minnesota, um, and they want to come hunt up up in the Northwoods. And, you know, and it's, I try to use this podcast to tell people how to do it a lot. And, you know, I try to answer their questions and stuff. But um, Dan actually has, you know, you, you've hunted, you do a lot of long, because you live down by Madison, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you don't live in bear country at all. And so, nope. but you do a lot of bear hunting, um, up in the Northwoods. And so you got to travel quite a ways to go bear hunting. And so, um, you've actually made a, a video, a DVD, um, that you can buy that really does a great job of laying out how exactly you go about it and all the nitty gritty details of that. And, uh, that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit today. Cause as people are finding out that they drew their Minnesota tags and stuff, um, they're probably thinking, especially if they live in, you know, southern Minnesota. I mean, this applies to anywhere where you got to travel, right? Um, yeah. You know, it uh, it it's you know if you realize that you're living down there, you go, oh man, what well, what am I going to do now? You know, this is I I really think this is a great way to uh, sort of figure out what you got in store for yourself. But um, so Dan, this video this DVD you made, uh, it was back in the fall of 2016, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. So what, you know, what made you actually, um, make this video? Well, I've, I've always been into doing, uh, educational DVDs about, uh, mostly deer hunting. Okay. But, uh, I have a strong passion for bear hunting. So I wanted to put one together for bear hunting and, uh, we've got a very successful, um, bear camp mm-hmm. in northern Minnesota. You know, we don't draw every year, obviously, yeah. but when we draw permits, um, we've always been successful. I mean, I take four guys a year, and yeah. and we get four bears in three or four days every time. You know, and and it's a blast. Yeah, and I see a lot of other people up there failing. Yeah, so I wanted to um, put together the process of doing it so that you could be successful, so you could see how I'm doing things differently. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I see that a lot too. I get guys, you know, that, Hey, I've, I've come up here, they'll, they'll message me or email me or something. And they'll be like, Hey, I've come up here, you know, up in the UP or up in Minnesota or something, um, hunting before. And man, I just don't know what, <laughs> what I'm doing, you know? And, uh, they, they just don't even know where to begin, you know, especially, I mean, this isn't a knock on anybody, but if you've been, you know, kind of hunting a Southern, great lake state farm your whole life or something and you want to come up to the north woods and do some bear hunting i mean it's a very doable hunt but you just got to know what you're doing you know you got to know what needs to happen 
and, and how much of a um, commitment it is, I guess. And that's something I like about your video that you start out with. You know, I probably, I actually really enjoy this video. Um, I probably watched it like five or six times. <laughs> it's kind of, it's a really fun video to watch, but uh, um, I like that you started out with basically laying out you know, this is not a cheap endeavor, even as, you know, even if you're doing it yourself, not hiring a guide. And then if you've never done this before, y you might want to look at a guide just so you kind of get an idea of what you're getting into. I think that's a really uh, cool thing that that's number one thing you lay out. I, I think that's pretty cool. So, yeah, I think that's good advice. I mean, um, you know, if you really um, don't know a lot about the Northwoods and, and you get up into some of those really remote areas, mm -hmm. you probably should go with a guide once first yeah. and, and, and learn an area and learn how he does things and, and then give it a try. Yeah. Um, but we do lay it out completely in that, in that DVD. I mean, it, um, it shows all the work from start to end and everything we do with the setups and how we set things up to, so that the bears come in without smelling you and, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's boring if you're just into kill videos. <laughs> well, <laughs> then I wouldn't recommend buying it, but uh, there are a few kills in there, but they're, you know, spaced out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And actually the way it's kind of laid out, it's like the first, cause there's two discs and the first disc is kind of the, info on how you set it up and then the second disc is almost it's just the hunts pretty much so but uh <clears throat> yeah but um yeah i it's really really deep i mean you even go through it i mean it shows a few scenes where you're literally baiting each site and showing how much you're putting out and stuff and it's pretty cool but uh a couple questions on your dvd though dan um let's see let me have a few questions here uh so when you were when you were bait when you typically go up there, it looked like you put out about forty gallons of bait at each site. It looks like eight five gallon buckets worth of bait. Does that sound correct? Yeah, um, sometimes even more than that. Uh, I didn't share it on the video, but sometimes we put out a layer of uh, like bread and garbage bags mm -hmm. um, that we'll get from factories like pita bread. They're real thick stuff. Yeah, and we'll put out a couple garbage bags of that underneath the bait. Okay, um, and let everything soak into it because. Uh, they go through that bait so fast. Yeah. But I would say you've got to have at least about 40 gallons of bait if you're going to let it sit for a week. Yeah, yeah. If you do less than that, as soon as they finish it, and we learned that lesson hard last time, mm -hmm. uh, as soon as they finish it, they move on to somebody else's bait, and then you got to pull them back, you know, and, yep. and that's a task. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They get lost to natural food, even if you're, even if you're really, oh, they'll find natural foods and just leave. I've had, had that happen a few times, too. Um yeah, how how quickly do you think they went through the forty gallons up there? Just out of curiosity. Um, they were going through in about a week, but there were some baits that had uh, a lot of bears hitting them that were going through in three days, three yeah. four days, yeah. and there were some baits that were, you know, where it would last a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the most part, once the baits got active, it would take them about five days to five six days to to completely demolish it, and it got to the point where they would eat more later on. But by that time, you're hunting, so you're baiting more often. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, and you you sort of said this in the video, but you was you said that they ran through the bait really quick, and and you kind of baits kind of went cold. That was because you you baited the second week. Because for for maybe folks that aren't, um, let me backtrack a little bit here. Uh, the way Minnesota set up is you start baiting like middle of August, and you've got three weeks to bait, and then you hunt. And so, um, you baited the first, the, 
the first two weekends, and then did you skip the last weekend? Is that what happened? And you, well, yeah, the last weekend was within a few days of of um, opening day, mm-hmm. or within a day or something like that. So I didn't want to um, uh, bait the day before the opener because yeah. what happens is uh, uh, the bears that we see on the cameras, mm-hmm. uh, at least in this area that's remote, the mature boars would shy away from the bait for about a day or two okay. after you bait. And then they, by about the third day, they'd be on a routine to come in uh, middle of the day, all day, guarding the bait from the smaller bears. Yeah. I mean, they just forget about you. Right. So you try to time it so it'd be like three days after you baited. And, and I try to let it go a little further mm-hmm. after baiting than, than the, the amount of time we were lapsing because of the, when the opener hit. Uh-huh. And that was totally a mistake on my part because the baits went dead. And uh, the bears wandered off, and then we had to um, get those bears coming back in. And and uh, a couple of the real big ones didn't come in. One of them we were able to relocate about a mile away okay. uh, on another bait. Um, and it looks like he moved to somebody else's bait because shortly after putting our bait in, we saw where somebody had uh, a bait um, about an eighth of a mile up the logging road. You yeah. know, so I think he was probably hitting that guy's bait. He had moved over, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I've had that. Actually, you know what, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say one thing that's interesting is uh, that bear reminded me of it because we've seen that bear several times up there. He's got some weird shapes to his body. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you see the same bears on these baits up there mm-hmm. in the same spots. I mean, you don't draw a tag for two or three years. Right. When you go back, even despite all the other hunters and stuff. Mm-hmm. The same bears end up on the same baits. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's like they go keep going back and checking those spots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they get there. It will. That's that's a testament to two things. First off, that these bears, despite being hunted every year, you know, keep surviving. Right. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you're not you're not the only person hunting in that area, obviously. So, um, you know, it, it goes to show you how smart these things are. But then, secondly, that yeah, I mean, they stick around. I've had. There's a spot I've hunted um, quite a bit, and I took a few years off and came back, and yeah, I had the same bears, you know, there too. So yeah, yeah. Got to, I I, na- I named a few of them, but they uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but um, cool. So how how far are you actually from hunting Minnesota again, Dan? Oh, uh, I could draw this year, but I doubt it. Okay. Um, we actually had a screw up in Mr. Permits the, the year after we hunted. Oh no. <laughs> so we're one year behind. Gotcha. So I've got, we've got two points and this will be okay. uh, three, I believe. Okay. Um, so we could draw this year, but it'll probably be next year. I see. Yeah. I think, let me think. Cause I, I drew a Minnesota tag in 2017. So I'm, let me think this will be my second point. I think that's how it works. So, yeah, I'm a little behind you, even though you missed a year, but. They do have some really good hunting in uh, western Minnesota where you can buy over the counter, but uh, not much of it is public. You have to go around and uh, try and get permission. But a lot of people out there don't really take bear hunting seriously, and mm-hmm. you guys could get permission over there. Yeah, yep. <clears throat> yeah, that'd be a pretty cool hunt. It's a long ways for us, though. <laughs> So. It is, and it's especially for me to get to western Minnesota, because where I'm driving to on the eastern side of Minnesota is seven hours from my house. Seven hours one way just, just 
just a bait every week when I paid. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's a fourteen hour round trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly. not driving the hours through the woods, you know? Right, exactly. Oh yeah, when I when I did it in twenty seventeen, I mean I, I let me think. My drive's five hours, I think it is, from the UP to where I was. I was something out by Ely. So it was mm-hmm. uh um it was like five hours for me. But yeah, I mean that's a that's a it's it's a commitment for anybody thinking about doing it. I mean, you're going to spend a lot of time on the road, and then once you get there, I mean, between it was just me and my buddy, and so we had six sites we were running, and, I mean, you're spending all day, you know, humping bait through the woods, and then you got to drive yep. home. It's a – you're exhausted. <laughs> so. yeah, and, and, you know, really, if you're going to do it right, there needs to be a scouting trip. Yep. There needs yep. to be uh, spots picked out that you like, yep. and, and plenty of them, and even some extra ones in case one bait doesn't work out, doesn't get hit, yep. or some uh, jack wagon sets up right next to you or something. Yep. So you have to have a backup plan, and, and I do the three baits uh, that are legal per yep. person, yep. You, know, you know, just to make sure that we got different uh, options for different winds and, yep. and uh, different things, you know? Yep, and it's a lot of work, but I'll tell you that pays off, especially if you find out an area is not the best. You know, if you go in there and you know if you got all your eggs in one basket, the one bait, it's it. If you know the area well, you can get away with it, especially if it's a low pressure area. Like I did that when I hunted Canada. I did a do-it-yourself hunt up there, and I just had one site, but there was nobody up there, so it didn't matter, right? But I would never yeah. try to go to Minnesota and do one site that would. I mean, you could get lucky and yeah, I mean, be the site, but most likely not. Right, right. <laughs> well, we had uh, uh, last. I mean, there's a few sites that I have mm-hmm. that when I go up there and I bait those sites, we're on bears. Yeah. I mean, and if you just want to shoot a bear, you shoot a bear there. But you have other issues that happen. I mean, somebody might set up next to you, yep. or you might have troubles in other ways. Like last time we went up there, and despite this, we all tagged out in four days. But we had uh, somebody um, tracking down our baits. Mm-hmm. and checking out all of our baits, walking around by them and stuff. And when you get those strange people walking around the woods all around your baits, I mean, it screws them up. Yep, I mean, I even sure. got pictures of them. I showed them on the video. Yep. I think they're the Wolf Patrol guys. I was talking to some of the locals, and they said that, uh, that they look like the guys that were from the Wolf Patrol that were going and checking out people's baits and then trying to find illegal ones to turn you in on. I see. Yep. But uh, where they went into my baits, uh, um, one of them, the one that we got pictures of them on the bait, it didn't really affect them. But mm-hmm. I think as soon as they saw the camera, they left. Yeah, yeah. But the other ones, they obviously went around the cameras. You see tracks and stuff where they tried not to get on the camera. Uh, okay. And then you see that they walked all over the place, and those baits went dead. I mean, one of my best baits out there just went completely dead after they went in there. Yeah. So then we were trying to – and then I'm pretty careful about hiding my baits. I don't yep. put flags going all the way to them. And there's yep. two ways a guy can do it. I mean, some guys flag the hell out of it so everybody knows that I'm here. Don't bait anywhere near me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you know, and some guys hide their baits. I, I tend to be the one that hides it because I think my remote areas, nobody's really going to find them. Um, yep. And if they find them, it's because they followed me. Yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like to hide my baits too. I've, I, I see the logic in trying to just flag your baits and Hey, I'm here. But I feel like if you're doing that, um, that's not, that's not usually as remote of a site as I want to be in. You know, I try to get really remote yeah. with my sites, but right, right. yeah. So, you know, a good, good, good hunter. Mm-hmm. will know if there's somebody there. Yeah, I, exactly. I know if, if I go look at an area, 
Mm-hmm. I can look around and, and by the sign, I can tell if somebody's hunting the area. Yeah, yeah. Usually, exactly. I can. I can. Uh, you, sometimes you're suspicious and you don't know for sure. Yep. A little investigating based on the terrain. If it's a good hunter, you'll find his bait. Yeah, because he'll have it based on the terrain and and such. And and I'll just look around if I if I see a bait trail going in. Yep. I want to harass it or anything. I just back out and yep. that's his spot. He was there first. You yep. know exactly, exactly. I wish other people to know that I've had issues with that where I've had a bait set up and all of a sudden they come in and set up. It's like, oh, really? Like, isn't it, isn't it obvious I'm here? <laughs> You'd think it'd be respecting, and it is among, among most hunters. Yeah, for sure. But in that area, I, you know, I don't know how it was for you over by Ely because I mainly just hunt that one area I'm in. Mm-hmm. But it is pretty much, uh, uh, I hate to say it, but it's an outlaw type area. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, shady outfitters. Um, there's some good ones too, and I, I get hell every time I see there's shady outfitters up there. <laughs> but there are shady ones mm-hmm. that don't even have licenses and stuff, and just claim they got friends or taking it. And because of that, yep. when I go up there, I go up there with a group. Yeah. I always get harassed. The wardens always think I'm I'm guiding. Yeah. And exactly. I'm one of them. When I'm really with a do-it-yourself camp, you know. Yeah. Exactly. But we run into those uh, those uh, shady outfitters, and they will snake your baits they mm-hmm. you know they, they follow you around they try to you, you know they try to find where you're going yeah and exactly. uh, especially the ones that see you having success um when we were up there on, on that hunt there was an outfitter next to us had 12 people mm-hmm. he got raided by the dnr and uh he claimed they were all friends from all over yeah, the country okay. <laughs> he already told us he was an outfitter yeah. you know yeah. um not that i care what he does you know that's his problem i don't want to make enemies up there right Exactly. You, know, you leave your camp alone at night or in the evening when you go hunting and stuff. I don't yeah. want to make enemies. Yeah, exactly. But uh, that guy had 12 guys in camp, mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, uh, nobody got a bear. Nobody's seen bears. Uh, you know, a couple guys had active baits, and, and everybody else had baits that hadn't even been hit. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy was spreading out baits along the roadside, and he was coming from southern Minnesota to bait up there, and all he was doing was getting a free hunt out of it. Yeah, you know, exactly. getting these guys to pay for his hunting. Yeah, and uh, they were getting really weird because we tagged out. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody got tags, and, and you can hear these guys. You know, we're in the same campground. You can hear them at night. Yeah, bitching. You know, yeah. going, how come those guys are killing bears? We're not seeing anything. It's different. Like, oh, maybe we should move camp. You know, exactly. <laughs> and uh, um, <laughs> when I shot my bear, there's still a whole bunch of bears coming in and stuff. And uh, I just went over to the guy and I said, Hey, uh, you know, if one of your guys is, you know, you want to help one of your guys out, I. I knew they knew where that bait was because they were going by and they seen me come out of there. Yep. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done that. And I said, if you guys want to hunt there, you can. We just switch names on the, on the bait and yeah. you can have that one. I mean, we're done for the, you know, yep. for the week. We're just going to leave in the morning and somebody will kill a bear there. I mean, there's four or five playing at a night. Right. And he goes, really? You do that for us? I'm, yeah, yeah. Just be nice. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, the next more, uh, the next day before we left, they went out there hunting. Mm-hmm. And they came back, they'd gotten the bear off that bait, and it was the only bear they shot out of uh, 13 people, really, because the outfitter and 12 clients. Yeah. And and guess who shot it? The outfitter. The outfitter <laughs> put himself there, yeah. Isn't it amazing? It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> you got to do the research before you pick somebody. Exactly. You know, I tell people this, you go up there get an outfitter first, we'll get a reputable one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely reputable outfitters, but I, I see that in, in, here in Michigan, too, like, I've had people ask me, hey, wow. do you know of any guides in Michigan? I mean, I'm not trying to knock anybody, but honestly, I don't know of anybody. And I have high standards because I, I know what I do for my hunts. And so when I go to an outfitter, I would have certain expectations based on what I do for my own hunts. And and I don't, actually, I've never done a guided, you know, baited hunt before. I've never done that. But if I, if I did, you know, I'd have certain expectations because I 
you know, I didn't, I know what I do for my own hunt. And so if somebody's going out there and I get there and I'm just going to be disappointed. I, I know a few out there that wouldn't disappoint me, I guess, but they're few and far between. Right. But, but in Michigan, yeah. so like in Michigan, there's, you know, I don't know of anybody I could, I, I see guides around here. I see what they're doing. I'm going, Oh, okay then. Yeah. Matter of fact, I had to run in with a guide this last year here in Michigan and, um, He's kind of told me what he was doing. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, he was really close to me, and I had no problem keeping my bears on my bait. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you know, just based on just based on what he was putting out and how often he was baiting. It's like, okay, so somebody's paying you to do that. Cool. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> when we were all wandering around looking for spots, I mean, we were finding people's baits, mm-hmm. and uh, you see a bait that's knocked over, and there's a pile of spaghetti laying there. It's like bears don't eat spaghetti. I mean, it's tomato sauce. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, you know, they're, they're using whatever they can get left over from restaurants and stuff like that. You got to think too, if you're hiring a guy mm-hmm. and he's only charging like 500 bucks. Right. That, that tells right. you something. Realize that it's costing me about $2,000 to do it myself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Without making a profit. You know, right. you got to be buying good bait and using good bait. And, and if you're, if you're hiring a guy to, it should be expensive if he's doing its job. Yeah, exactly. It should be very expensive. I mean, I've even thought like to myself, like I've kind of joked around like, Oh, you know, maybe I should be a, maybe I should be a guide. I, I have no desire to, but I thought about it. Right. I'm like, there's no way to make, make any money. I'd have to charge people like three grand here in the UP and, and your average hunt here costs a thousand bucks, you know, yeah. <laughs> in order for TV to be worth my time. So I thought about running a camp where I wouldn't actually be the guide, but I'd run the camp and pick up mm-hmm. the baits and stuff. And, yeah. uh, we figured it out. It would have to be for it to be a really good camp. It would have to be in the, you know, 3000 plus range for yeah. people to really have a, you know, a really good chance of shooting a big bear. You know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's about what I figured it would cost me for, you know, just me running locally here in the UP, but yeah, so my my business model doesn't quite work yet. <laughs> uh, so. The good ones are usually doing it because they love it. Exactly. Because they're not making much money. I mean, it's kind of like a good taxidermist. They don't make a hell of a lot of money doing taxidermy. Yep, you know? exactly, exactly, yep. Yeah, I mean, like, like just as an example, I can think of, I mean, I'll throw out a name right now, Jimmy Walner. If you're going to the Minnesota and you want a guide, I mean, Jimmy Walner does a really good job. So I talk he's to an him. awesome guy. Yeah, I talk to him all the time. He's a <laughs> near where I hunt, and and uh, um, he has no problem with us hunting near him and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then, uh, we've had truck problems come come up and stuff, and he'll come save us. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Uh, right while he's in the middle of all his stuff, he you know he'll give you advice and stuff. I mean, he's just a great guy all the way around. Yeah, his sure. thing is he loves bears, loves bear hunting. Exactly. So that's why he's doing it. Yep, he's exactly. a good guy to go with. Yep, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, just, it will be in the off season. I mean, it'll be middle of winter and he'll be texting me about bears, you know. That's the kind of guy you yeah. want, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, cool. I had, I had a thought and we rabbit trailed and I was going to go back to it. Um, oh, something to do with people. Oh, I know what it was. Yeah. So just a really quick. So, so I hunted Minnesota back in 2017 and I had just a terrible hunt. And the number one reason I did was because, um, basically, cause I did, I did the exact same thing as you, Dan. I, I drove long distance. I put out good lots of good bait. We, we went what I thought was remote, but one thing I didn't really plan on, I, I, 
I had this idea that if I hunted on the border of the boundary waters, because the boundary waters you can't bait inside, and so I thought if I hugged this area right near the boundary waters that I'd be able to pull bears out of this bear sanctuary and that I'd have this awesome remote hunt. But what I didn't really anticipate because I don't live there is how much pressure the boundary waters gets from just people canoeing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and so a place that I went in Memorial day that was cause I did a scouting trip too. And I, we found all these spots. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a great area cause nobody was up there. And then we come back in August and it's tourist city. I mean, for, yeah. I mean, it's not that busy compared to like a city, but for, what's usually a pretty uninhabited area. It was very busy. And um, I had a lot of trouble with uh, getting bears to not be nocturnal or even hitting baits at all. I've never had so much trouble with that. And so when I hunt Minnesota again here in a couple of years, I'm moving to a totally different area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah. yeah we had one, one bait. Our baits are spread out for quite a ways because yeah. I, I'm looking for the perfect situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get remote and, you know, away from the boundary waters by just getting, you know, where we're the furthest in on a huge swamp on the upwind side or whatever, we're going to smell you. Yeah. You know, but if you, we have one bait that is near the boundary waters. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were going in there uh, to bait the second weekend or the weekend before hunting, mm-hmm. we, we noticed there's tracks in there. And I'm like, well, somebody's back there, you yeah. know, followed us back there. Because it was a trail that had not been, nobody's been down it. We had to cut trees to get down it. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, this track's going in there and not coming out. We're going to run into these guys, you know? Right. And we're talking about it. And, and uh, me and Steve Pagel from Forge Bowls, he was with me. Yep. And uh, I'm like, I'm like, they're in here now. We're going to run across them. If they're baiting next to us, we're going to, we're going to catch them. Yep. And we can at least talk to them. And, yep. you know, hopefully they're good guys and they just go away. Yeah. Exactly. You know? So we're discussing this and we come around this corner and there's a car parked there. <laughs> and we go behind the car and there's two lesbians making on on a blanket. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Honest to God, honest to God, honest to God. I'm like, they're they were naked or anything, they're just yeah. taking out. Yeah. But, uh, I'm like, I gotta get this on film. <laughs> just keep going, just keep going. <laughs> Not that they're still making out, they're staring at us like we're, like we're asses. But, but uh, I mean, it's strange that you see up by the boundary waters because it attracts such weird people. Yeah. I mean, you go up there and you see everything from, you know, backwoods people to yeah. city people to the strangest people you ever met like the yeah. eco-friendlies and you know all that crazy stuff yeah know? exactly exactly so yeah so biggest advice about hunting minnesota for anybody is avoid the boundary waters <laughs> <laughs> although you know i hear about people doing like the because you can hunt the boundary waters but you can't use bait so a lot of people like, canoe in and try to do like burns and stuff and uh it does. I don't think it's a high percent success rate, but people kill bears in there. So I don't know. I, yeah, you know, if I, if I were going to do it in the boundary waters, uh, I would take a canoe into. You know, I'd look at maps and stuff and look for a uh, a piece of solid ground that's big enough to hold them because most of it's isolated yeah, ground, right? Exactly. And I'd go to the upwind side of it. Mm-hmm. And I would spray the hell out of baits. Yeah. Or sense. Yep. And I would sit in a tree above it and uh and wait and if nothing happened i'd move yeah and i would just keep doing that over and over and over again and i wouldn't go back to the same spot yeah and i think you'd be successful doing that because you know when i put my baits out in minnesota and i spray them down with, with scent mm-hmm. a, a lot of time that first day you have a bear come in yeah the trouble with it is is 
um, and I've seen this on camera, where you catch the bears in the distance, like circling the bait. Yeah. Yep. I'm pretty sure that those real big boars, they know it the first day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they circle your bait, and then they come back the next day, maybe circle it, and they just, they're just leery, and it takes them a couple of days before they hit it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. The smaller ones are the ones that come running right in. So if you hunt the boundary waters and you're hunting scent like that, and you don't have actual bait, yep. that's the hardest part is that those big ones aren't going to commit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, you know, I don't even know what kind of size bears they get out of the boundary waters too often. I mean, I'm sure there, I mean, there's got to be some monsters in there, right? I mean, it's not a high pressure area, but yeah. Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting thing that you bring up a point with trail cameras is that, you know, people, really, you get, you look at your trail camera and you kind of get tunnel vision about it, but you don't really see what's going on around the bait, right? Like, there could be bears right. fighting off on the side or, or big boars just circling, not coming in. You know, and, and right. in tunnel vision by looking at the bait and the trail camera going, okay, well, <laughs> you know, oh, yep, yep, I just have these bears, but you don't know what's circling around. That's a very good point. But right, that, that bait that I had that was like my, my best bait, my favorite bait, mm-hmm. uh, we call it the remote spot. I mean, there's yep. no, no one anywhere near this spot. Yeah. And it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Always it has, even though know, we've killed a couple 400 pounders out of there, which are huge for that area yeah, because those bears don't get the weight they get from like southern southern Wisconsin. It's only got acorns up there to eat. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge bear. Yeah. And we've that's had two of them off that bait. And that bait went dead when those uh, hippies went in there and checked it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and came out. And I didn't know it when I went in there, but I saw all the tracks and yeah. I knew they had gone there and I was already there. I was committed to hunt there. Yeah. I'd already dropped Tyler off the bait, uh, uh, like five miles down the same road. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so I'm like, well, I'm just going to go in and see what's going on. And I go in there and the bait hasn't been hit since I baited it three days earlier. And that's when they, when they came in and messed around with a bait and it just had gone dead. Right. And I went and sat it anyways. And what did I have? I had a, a, a nice bore. It wasn't a shooter to me, but it was a nice bore for most people. It came around behind me yeah. and circled underneath me and circled that bait. Never knew I was there mm-hmm. and just left. Didn't come in, didn't come in. Right. And it was, you know, and I've seen that happen before. I mean, they're more leery of that bait than people think, especially older bears. They don't get to yeah. be, you know, 10, 12 years old nope. by running into those baits easy. Even in those really remote areas, they can smell those baits for 10 miles. Oh, yeah. yeah they're, exactly. hitting, they're hitting baits. So if they're going to be 10 or 12 years old, they're smart about how they do it yeah. and how they come in. Exactly. And you got to think, the, the woods are their home, right? You're just visiting. So, you know, if something's out of place in your home, you're going to know it, right? And so you're going to be really leery of it. If all of a sudden, I don't know, somebody, you walked in, there was a cake on your table, be like, um... <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> you know, right. Right. you wouldn't just run and, Oh man, look at this cake. <laughs> you know, right. And so yeah. maybe your kids would, I mean, my, I know my four year old wouldn't hesitate if there was a cake sitting on the table brought in by a stranger, but I sure, I sure would. And so, I mean, it's probably, it's the same thing. It'd be shocking if they came running into it, you know? So. Yeah. It's kind of hilarious to listen to these people say how, how, um, baiting bears is unethical yeah, it's, it's really uh they're an intelligent animal i mean it's yeah. really you gotta lay those baits out right to shoot mature boars on a consistent basis in those baits sure. or you have to be in a very good area like yeah. a really remote area in canada or something yeah you know, get them in the U- get really big bears in the u.s so you either have to be on some large private piece or you have to 
you know, really be set up correctly. Yep, exactly. For sure. For sure. Yeah, because it and, and people's perceptions of it kind of get messed up a little bit because you see these, you know, hunts in Alberta and, and, you know, northern Saskatchewan and all that. Right. And I mean, you just see these big bears parading on in and people think, oh, well, what's the what's the point of that? But you, that's like that is the extreme. I mean, that that's like kind of fenced up, you know, a high fence whitetail hunt <laughs> almost, you know, right. not really. It's 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 not quite like that. But, you know, it's uh, that's not the norm, you know. Yeah, I knew a guy when I was younger who uh, who uh, used to actually set up uh, on a range of the baits to the downwind side. Mm-hmm. And you'd get these giant bears, you know, yeah. that circle the base and, and, uh, and they would smell you all the time if you're sitting there, you know, yeah. where I do it more where, where I try to use some obstacle or, or something mm-hmm. or, you know, get far enough back and high enough in the tree and, and some sort of terrain break or something where I think they're going to circle from yep. and get them that way. Exactly. But those, those big things, uh, they like to come in there and they like to smell and make sure it's safe before they commit. They know it's a trap. Oh yeah. They yeah. smelled your footprints there. And, and I think a place like Minnesota, it's even harder. Mm-hmm. Than like Wisconsin, because Wisconsin, you're baiting from like April on. Those guys already yeah. got their baits out. Exactly. So when you go to Minnesota and you got three weeks to bait, and it's an area that doesn't have people otherwise. Yep, exactly. All of a sudden, there's human scent on this all over the place. Yep. They're very leery, and those bears are going to circle that bait, and they're going to come in from downwind. The exactly. big ones are. Yep. And, and even some of the small ones will do the same. Yep. You know, sure, you'll get the bear that comes parading in there, mm-hmm. but it ain't too often with the real big stuff. No, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and... um, Yeah... <sighs> The thing is, too, especially if you're only baiting on the weekends, because I found this because I, when I hunt in the UP, sometimes my baits are close enough to where I can bait every day. And what I found is if you bait every day, they get kind of used to your scent being there. Um, but if you're going only going up one day a week for three weeks, those bears are going to be very, very leery of you still, you know. That's what, so, that's what kills me in Wisconsin. I can bait from April on yeah. every weekend. Yep. And I can't get the success because... Um, those bears eat up all the bait. You know, Wisconsin, you got a uh, 10 gallon limit. Yep. Yep. They eat that. The first bear in eats that 10 gallons, yep. and there's no bait for a week. Exactly. They go all wander off to somebody else's that lives up there's bait that baits every day. Yeah. And I got to pull them back. And we play this game every single week mm-hmm. and then try to kill one of those bears. Yeah. I think you guys better off in Wisconsin um, if he just takes two weeks off before the bear season. Mm hmm. And just bait for two weeks solid. Those weekends, yeah. Yeah. Those two weeks solid, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I've got a Zone D Wisconsin tag this year, and I'm 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 still thinking about how I'm going to do that. So right now, I I was I'm kind of thinking I might try to take because I'm gonna I'm gonna start at my baits here in at the end of this month, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bait probably a little bit throughout the the summer, right? But then really mm-hmm. ramp it up in July, and then try to bait um, probably just take half days at work, and try to go once on the weekend and once on like a Wednesday or something like that, and hopefully maybe the baits will be holding on long enough to keep bears around. I don't know, so. I'm, yeah, last year I didn't start till uh, August in, in uh, Wisconsin okay. just because of the problems I've had in the past. Yeah, and uh, then I tried to bait more often, like twice a week, and I had a lot more action mm-hmm. at okay. the opener. But yeah. I, it still wasn't good enough. I, I just feel like you got to be up there every day. Yeah. No, you typically hunt zone C, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the zone C is crazy high pressure though. There is so many people. Well, there's so many tags for zone C. 
It's unbelievable. Yeah, but, but you know what? All of them sprinkle around the roadsides. And if oh, you get off the road a little bit, you find a little more remote areas. Don't go to the overly popular areas. I had a really hard time, um, like when I hunted Black River Falls. Mm-hmm. Because of all the fire breaks and stuff, there's people everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. I, I got one or two good spots. But there were some huge bears. Yeah. But then we get so smart because of all that pressure. Yeah. Everybody else would wise them up. Yeah. That they'd only come in at night or they'd really circle or, yeah. you know. But uh, when I moved over to uh, Clark County, I had a lot more action. Okay. Uh, a little better action. There's some bigger parcels there where I could get a lot more remote and everybody was on the roadside. I mean, there's still a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. But I could get beyond people, you know, across the river, mm-hmm. um, get a half mile past the river, uh, things like that. But you really had to watch your maps and stuff to make sure you're not getting close to a road on the other side or a trail or, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. But uh, as soon as you get away from everybody, then you start getting back into the bears and stuff again. But then again, now if you're trying to bait more often and you got to drive to this from, a, you know, from a, for a distance. Mm-hmm. I got to drive there and you got to walk an hour in and you know, yeah. it's just adds to it. It's, it's hard to do in Wisconsin because of their baiting rules yeah, and because exactly. of how long they have it. I'd rather they had like a, an August 15th start like they do in Minnesota. Yeah, and I'm right. sure outfitters would, and, and hunters that hunt near their house would, would scream at that because <laughs> they got them made. I mean, they can, you know, they bait yeah. every day. Exactly. But for fairness of a guy like me, it would be easier if, you know, if you had that, set up like Minnesota does. I mean, yep, exactly. you look at the success I have in, in Wisconsin next to Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota, I take out all the time. Yeah. It's just the way their their laws were, uh, roll out just works so much better for a guy like me. Yeah. Do-it-yourself guy. Exactly. Yeah, Minnesota, or Michigan set up the same way as Minnesota too, where there's no limit on um, most baits or anything, so you can put out as much as you want. Actually, this is cool. I'm, I'm excited about this this year. They actually allow us to use bait barrels now on state land, which is... Oh, really? Yeah, that's mm. interesting. I, it, But you have to... They can only have their one-inch holes, and I think you can have it up to three of them three one-inch holes in a barrel. And so, and they got to be, this is this is kind of the kicker. They have to be within 100 yards of a forest road. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure how this is going to play out yet. It's never, <laughs> totally new ground for me. So I'm kind of curious to see how that plays out. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, but I think that's going to help out a lot of guys that are trying to travel. Um, just because if you can avoid areas where there's a lot of hound pressure, um, mm-hmm. you can keep your bait there for a long time, especially with only three one inch holes. I mean, the bears are going to have to really work to get bait out of there. So, so I think that's, that's going to help out guys that travel a lot. How far are you away from drawing a Michigan tag, Dan? Um, I think I got like, uh, three or four points. Okay. So you might be, uh, you're a few years away from a second season tag, I think as a non-resident. So, mm-hmm. I think you'll like Michigan when you actually come up to hunt here. It's a lot like Minnesota. so. I know when I uh, I, I got hired to scout some uh, farms for deer hunting up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, man, the bear sign I see up there is incredible. Yeah. It makes you really want a bear hunt up there. Yeah, yeah. I almost don't like to talk about it, but it's really good here in most areas. There's a few areas where it's not really good, but, yeah, it's uh, I think you'll have a good time when you come up here. <laughs> so... But, uh, cool. Um, let me think. I look at my list here. I had a few things I want to make sure I touched on. Um, you know, in your video, have you ever successfully chased a bear up a tree? 
no, not that I recall. <laughs> you just you ran on the truck well, like your previous experience. <laughs> the last one wouldn't really go up a tree. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, in the video, you ran after that bear with such confidence. Like, yeah, we're gonna chase up a tree for sure. <laughs> it was like, has he done this before? Or? <laughs> it sounded good in theory. <laughs> it's just snapping its teeth at you. That was pretty funny. By the video, folks, and and you'll see what we're talking about. It's... <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Um, yeah, it seemed to be like a little bit of a different bear when you get up in those remote areas. Yeah. Like the ones down here, uh, and you get like uh, Black Bear Falls area and stuff, man. And first minute they catch your whiff or they see you, they're running. Yeah. Whereas bears up there are a little more investigative. Yeah, I mean, you'll have them follow you out of the swamp or something and yeah. and like not run when you go to chase something like, like that one. I mean, uh, you don't see that down here. No, no. I think there's there's a sort of a range of bear tolerance for people, right? So, you know, down, down there, yeah, there's probably the, the second they smell you, they're gone. On. around like here northern minnesota well here they from the most part run from people you might get a few investigated bears though around here but by the time you're up in canada and they'll start you know especially northern canada yeah i mean i've, I've seen videos of uh outfitters up there feeding bears bait from their hands <laughs> you know it's like okay that's not what i'm hunting <laughs> Yeah, I seen uh, uh, a show with Adam Hayes one time where he had a an old outfitter, and uh, uh, this guy flies into a place that's supposed to have never seen bears, and he's baiting with popcorn. Yeah, and uh, this four hundred pound bear comes in while he's baiting, <laughs> and it, it, he's bluff charging him, snapping his teeth. Yeah, and the old guy turns his back to him and just keeps throwing the popcorn out. And uh, when a bear gets like uh, two feet from him and snaps his teeth, he turns around, and throws a handful of popcorn in his face, and goes, "Knock it off!" Goes <laughs> back to baiting. <laughs> I <was dying> laughing. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I'll have to check that out. That's funny. <laughs> it's quite a few years, but it was the best bear show I ever seen in my life. Yeah, yep, that's funny. I think it was Skyline with Adam Hayes or some way back then. You know? Okay, yeah, gotcha. That's funny. That's funny. Oh man. Um, speaking of wildlife encounters, have you ever had trouble with wolves taking over your baits? Uh, I get a lot of wolves on my baits, but they don't seem to take them over. Okay. Um, but they're still coming. Yeah. Um, I don't. You know, I don't think they like each other. But no. I don't think you know, so. it was funny as uh, like in uh, the Black River Falls area. Man, I got more wolves there than I do in northern Minnesota. Really? No figure problem. that one out. But uh, um. There was one bait where I had this huge pack of wolves on them, a bunch of more Snow White. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I run cameras on everything, obviously. Yeah. But uh, those wolves would come in, they'd mm -hmm. leave. Ten minutes later, a deer would come in and eat. Okay. And ten minutes after that, a bear. And it's just like, you shake <laughs> your head and go, man, when you look at what happens with deer when you get your human set in a spot and how they yep. disappear. Yep. It's just that they expect that to be a spot like that where other animals are coming in there, I think. Yeah. You know? And, um... The bears are tolerating the wolves just fine on my baits, even in Minnesota. I yeah. did uh, I did run into several times where I had uh, you know wolves come through and hunt an area around your bait because it's not just the bears that are coming in there; everything comes into those baits. Yeah, and the little critters and stuff too. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, I've had. Let me think. I've had. Well, one of my baits there got taken over by wolves. Um, I 
there, I don't know if I maybe accidentally set up next to like a rendezvous site or something, but um, there was it was weird because I set up this bait site and it got cleaned out by bears. And then I had wolves come in, um, and actually they came in Wallace, and there was a pack of three of them. And after that, I had no no bears come in after that. So I thought that's the only time I've ever had them take them over. I've had a lot of wolves on my baits, but and actually that that pack of wolves, <laughs> they actually me and my buddy we were walking, we were baiting, and uh, we got on top of the hill, and it was it was sort of sloped down to a swamp, and. Um, the wolves were in the swamp and they started howling us and circling us while we're walking back to the bay. We're like, um, what's going on here? So yeah, I've had that too. They do seem to get aggressive about uh, owning a bait, kind of like a mature boar does sometimes. Yeah. I've had them more. Uh, um, there's you can hear them around you, but you can't see them. Mm-hmm. You know, something's in the woods. You know, and you hunt hunt as late as you can because you're hoping it's a bear. Yeah. Yep. And you get down, and they start following you out and start howling, and you realize you're wolves, and they parallel you on both sides of your trail going out. Yep. They never really seem to do anything. Right. But, you know. Yep. But it still seems a little bit nervous just knowing what they are, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I haven't had it where the baits go completely dead off of them, though. Okay. But uh, I know that I know that the wolves don't, I mean, the bears don't like the wolves. No, no. But, you know, uh, I've seen stuff in my cameras, though, where it, especially little bears, the wolves will chase them up like trees and stuff. And the little mm-hmm. bears won't tolerate the wolves too much. But if you get a big boar around, those wolves won't mess with the big boars too much, at least from what I've seen. And, and that might be part of it too, is I'm not paying much attention to the little, little bears. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm more worried about the, the certain ones I'm after. Right. right. I mean, there's like, they're two different animals, you know, and, yeah, and uh, sure. maybe it is affecting the little ones. Uh, I would say that, uh, Usually, only have one or two big bears coming into baits that are that wolves are on pretty heavy. And I'll just say that. But it is interesting. I do get deer in quite a bit to those baits. Yeah, that's interesting. I I don't know if I've ever really had much deer activity on my bear baits. That's interesting. Did you ever see that uh, the bear bait buck? The bear bait buck? No. Yeah, I, I, I had some posted on the site out, and I haven't said much about it because I'm going to put it in a video. Okay. But uh, one of my baits that I had in uh, in uh, Clark County, Wisconsin, on, on public land, mm-hmm. um, while we were back baiting it, um, this kid that was with me went back to the truck to get something, and he comes back, and he goes, oh, wow, a big buck just crossed the road. It's like May. And I'm like, there's no big buck. <laughs> and they, they ain't got no antlers. He goes, well, it already had the, you know, uh, big stump sticking out of its head. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, uh, I just blew it off. Yeah. And then the next week, checking the camera, here's as soon as the bear's opening up, here's this buck is eating out of my, my log. <laughs> and I'm like, holy cow, that's, that's probably going to be a big buck. Yeah. And then we got pictures of it the whole summer and into fall. And then I started getting nervous. Uh, you know, at first I was posting them and stuff like, oh, yeah, I checked this thing out. Let's see how big it gets and stuff. Yeah. And then it got so big that I'm like, okay, now I know there's baiting laws for deer and stuff, but now I'm going to kill this thing because it ended up growing 18 <laughs> points and Whoa. being like uh, uh, 24, 25 inches wide, obviously well over 200 inches. Yeah. And in an area where there's no big bucks. Oh, and it was coming into that bait. <laughs> constantly and i almost shot it on opening day but i was so worried about uh the baiting laws yeah but i actually called the warden up there and i i uh, had a discussion with him and i said now what can i do do i you know i'll remove the bait if i had the bear bait if i have to yeah. yeah and he said if you're baiting that legally for bear and you have a legal bear permit in your pocket mm-hmm. and you follow the rules go ahead and shoot the deer so at that point, that became <laughs> I was not shooting a bear. Uh-huh. I was holding a bear permit. <laughs> that was uh, not letting anybody else hunt that spot. But, uh, oh, that's funny. That's funny. 
<laughs> so so it didn't it you, did you get him or no? I ended up not getting him. Uh, he uh, he came in opening day, mm-hmm. and what I did was uh, I would go there and bait mm-hmm. and leave, and on the camera. 15 minutes after I leave, he'd be at the bait looking up the trail the way I left. <laughs> so I was thinking about how to do that. I was thinking I'd go through this really thick stuff. Yeah. To the downhill inside and flip up the tray. And then I was thinking, you know what? I should just go in here like I always do, bait it. Yeah. And then just climb a tree. Mm-hmm. And that was my undoing. Oh, I went in there, I baited it, and I climbed the tree. Uh-huh. And the thing came in in 15 minutes like it, like it was supposed to. Yeah. It got up on the hillside. It was watching the bait. Oh, it stomped its way in and looking in the trees. Mm-hmm. Stomping. Oh, no. And then it snorted and trotted off. Uh-huh. It didn't know where I was, but it knew I didn't come out. Yeah. Yep. And then it just it went nocturnal, and it got really hard to hunt. And then some other guy was in there. There's a uh, corn pile with a camera, even though corn piles are illegal, with a camera <laughs> over it. Mm-hmm. I snuck up behind it, popped it open, took a look at the card. Yeah. And that buck was all over it. So I know the guy was hunting that deer. Okay. And then uh, he started uh, um, putting, like, notes on my bear trail. I'm deer hunting here. You know, stay out. Yeah. You know, well, I've been bear hunting <laughs> since May, right? You know, or baiting since May, right? So, yeah, exactly. And then screwing with things. And it got really hard. The, bear, the buck was still there the next year, and I tried again the next year, and it just then it disappeared. I think somebody shot it. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Man, that would have been a cool one. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been pretty cool to get that one. It would be a neat story. Yeah, for sure. The bear bait buck. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever even had a buck on my bear bait. I've had uh, some does come through, but I've never had any. I've had moose come oh, through. We've got a couple of uh, 140, 150 class bucks coming through our bear baits uh, over in in uh, Blackbird Falls or Really? No kidding. Wow. Yeah. Maybe it's just we don't have a whole lot of bucks in the UP. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, actually, um, let me think. What did I think you like that, uh, that pita bread I was using. Yeah, yeah, that was... And those deer were going nuts over that stuff. I don't know what's in it. Huh. But you'd like they look like a Frisbee. Yeah, yeah. The deer would have them in their mouth in the pictures, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. Yeah, see, I've never used... Uh, well, I've used some bread, but I haven't used it a lot. Mainly because it's hard around here to get bread because everybody uses it for bear bait, right? And so the, the, yeah. there's certain people that have sort of got it on lockdown. They get the bread. And so right, it's right. really hard to get leftover bakery. It's the same thing around here. The outfitters got everybody wrapped up. And if you come every four years or three years, then they, yeah, good luck. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. That's cool. Neat. Um, how much time you got left, Dan? Um, do you got to go or? As long as you want. Okay. As long as you want. All right. Uh, let me look at my list here. I noticed on your on your video there. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of which bait this was. Was this the moose pond bait? Um, it seemed really active compared to the other baits you had going on. I also noticed in the video mm-hmm. that you had some. There was some mountain ash in the uh, um, mountain ash berries in the video. Did that seem to? Do you think that was why they were really active on that bait, or was it just where that bait was? Uh, you, you know, um, I don't know. I had a lot of other baits that were near. Uh, the berries and stuff too, and okay. I think it was more where that bait was. Okay. Um, 
depth eight. Um, I think uh, looking at a map, it's probably the most remote area you can get to okay. in that whole section. Okay, gotcha. Um, and and it's on the upwind side of a huge swamp where really nobody can get into bait that swamp anywhere around it because we've tried. There's no logging roads that will take you anywhere near it. Okay. So every bear that's in that bait in that in that swamp mm-hmm. that baits you know you know the spot. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, because there was uh yeah the, just looking at the video at least from what I saw in the video it looked like. That was that bait was insane. You had bears fighting that night, and that, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, I was like, man, what's different about that bait versus the other ones? Because the other ones they had a lot of bears, but you know they were creeping in stuff. That one they were going to town. So yeah, you know, it, it, it was a pretty insane spot, you know, and, and uh, the action is pretty cool and it's pretty uh, rock solid to set up if you get the wind going the right way. Yeah. And that's a big thing uh, that a lot of people don't get. I mean, they go out and they, they'll go sit their best bear bait yeah. regardless of the wind. Mm-hmm. And really, that's why we got so many baits is we are not sitting it on the wrong wind. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and uh, that bait, if you noticed, I didn't, even though it was so good, I didn't sit it first day. Yeah. I waited until <clears> the wind was right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and, and that's important. Yeah, for sure. It takes so much discipline to do, too. This last year, I had to. I did skip opening day because none of my baits were good for the wind. <laughs> and I had to skip it. It was, it was so hard, but I literally didn't, couldn't hunt. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to ruin any of my spots because you know, right. you know, it's hard. It takes a lot of discipline, but it's, it's worth it because otherwise those, those big bears are not going <laughs> to, they're not going to go, Oh, well, somebody's in the tree today. Yeah, yeah, most people in. don't get it. I've seen, I've seen where guys walk past the bait and put a trail camera on the backside of the bait. Yeah. Yep. And that bait just goes dead. Yep. From exactly. then on. Yeah. You know, you take some new guy in there who you know who's gonna be the hunter and you've been baiting it. Yep. Just a different smell of a different person walking around that bait and the bait slows down for three days. Yep. Uh, they are very touchy, more touchy than what people think. Yep. And sure. if you go in there in the wrong wind and you mess it up and they realize they're being hunted, once they realize they're being hunted, game on. Yep. Good luck. Yep. Especially exactly. with the mature ones. Good yep. luck. Exactly. Yeah. And that's tricky when you've got a bait that's been, you know, kind of taken over by a mature boar. Cause if, unless the mature boars take over, they'll, they try to kick out the younger ones, right? Younger yeah, ones might make yep. mistakes like that. But if you've got just a couple mature boars and you screw that up, that bait's dead because they're gone and there's no other bears, <laughs> you know? So. So, so when I, I set up a bait, uh, um, up in there is what I'm really looking for. So Thick, thick, dark, cold, wet swamps. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're, we're hunting in September when it's warm out, right? Yep. And you want these little points that go off or something like a good bedding features for a bear. Mm-hmm. So you want to get close to that so that bear doesn't have to go far to get to your bait. Because what will happen is when you put the bait out, at first, you know, it takes like a couple of days, all of a sudden it's getting hit, and then yep. it gets more hit, more hit, more hit. And then after a week or a week and a half, it's getting pounded, and you get pictures of all different kinds of bears coming yep. out. And then all of a sudden, you'll have this big bear in there, and he's in there all day long. Yep. Every time there's a bear on camera, if you pay attention to the uh, the timing, mm-hmm. when these little bears are on the camera, uh, minutes after they're gone, the big bear is standing there. Yep. And what he's doing is he's, he's not letting them eat. Yep. So then he ends up camping mm-hmm. in that bedding area, just downwind of that bait, yep. monitoring it. Mm-hmm. And when the wind's wrong, he's just sitting there listening. Yeah. When he hears a bear in there, he comes charging and chases him out. Yeah. And we've seen that from Stan. Uh, you know, if you bear hunted long enough, you've seen little bears when a big bear comes charging and chases the little one out. Yeah. You know, so what you'll see is if you don't have a camera out, 
is you're going to see a lot of activity. Your bears, your bait's going in three days, you know, and you're like, oh, this is great. There's scratches in the trees all around the bait, and all of a sudden it just slows down your bait's probably getting hit. Yep. Well, it's not just not getting hit. It's that there's only one or two bears hitting it now. Yep, exactly. They've chased off those little ones. Those little ones don't want to die, so they, they <laughs> end up leaving and going someplace else to feed. Exactly. And that big bear is just there gardening. That's actually what you want. Yeah. You want that bait to slow down and that big bear to take it over. Yeah. Yep, and it's it's hard to it's you got to really be paying attention to your cameras to notice that though too, because you can you might see it and go, oh no, oh, what am I going to do here? But you get really really got to pay attention to that. And but the thing is, if you screw that up, though, that bait's basically toast until it, it's almost a balancing act though, because you want to have once the bears get too if if it's just a mature boar on a bait and there's no other bears coming in, they'll they'll basically, once they know you're there, they'll go totally nocturnal unless there's other bears around. And then they'll, you know, stay around and guard it and come out a lot more often. But I, I've had that happen. Yeah, well, that, that depends. I mean, I've seen, I've seen that. And usually that seems to be in more pressure areas. Yep, yep. You know, um, when I yeah, got that's in that I said, Minnesota like, area, I got them coming in all day long. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, I said. Even once like, they get to be like the only bears around, they're coming in all day long. Yeah, yeah, but I've noticed it when I... I've I made a mistake before and let a, a mature bear know I was there and they went nocturnal the second they found oh, out. Yeah. Yeah, and there's no sure. bears. For sure. <laughs> so that's why it's it's I mean it's they know you're there, but they gotta think that you're just coming there putting food and leaving. Yep, exactly. You know, that's what you want them to think. Yep. Matter of fact, uh, uh when we set up our tree stands, mm -hmm. I make sure that the, my stand positions, mm -hmm. the main spot I want to put a tree stand yeah. is on my access trail to that bait. Okay. So I make sure that I make my trail go past the tree, walk okay. right underneath it, that I'm going to go to that bait, so that I never wander off that trail or come in a different way or to a different spot yep. to hunt that spot. I just yep. go straight to that tree and up that tree on the same trail that I walked on the day before baiting. Right, exactly. So that my scent is in the same spot where it's always been. Right, exactly. Even Even like setting up a tree stand like that, right? Like a lot of people think, Oh, I mean, think of this like a dog, right? So these bears, they're they're hanging out at this bait site, right? And they they wander around and they they follow your trail, right? So if if you go and yep. set your tree stand off, I don't know, twenty yards off the trail, right? The bears are actually going to trail you to that, find your tree stand, and they know, oh, okay. And bears aren't dumb; they know what that is. But they're going to look for it, you know. <laughs> so yeah, and then and then they know where to go downwind of the, the smell if you're there. Exactly. Yep, I made that mistake before. I've, I, I said uh, just a little ways off the trail and the bears found it and all of a sudden their trail, their entrance trail changed to where they were walking pat, walking behind that tree stand and able to look at it before they went to the bait. <laughs> right. So yep. I lost a chance at a big boar a few years ago because of that. The so. whole thing too was that you're baiting all year. Mm -hmm. And like I said before about putting the camera out behind the bait and back at it or whatever. Yep. Well, now you're beating all year, and, and now you're taking that. Uh, well, okay, I'm going to take my climber and go up that straight tree over here. Yep. And you go 20 yards off the bay where you haven't been walking mm -hmm. and put that climber up. Well, you better shoot it that night. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because he's going to know, know that you moved, and he's going to get nocturnal. Yeah, exactly. And, and the, the, the trouble with it is, it's kind of like deer hunting. You can make all the mistakes to shoot little deer. Yep. You'll never get that that Boone and Crockett, right? Right. Well, it's the same thing with bear hunting. You get little bears by doing dumb things. Yep. But if you consistently hunt for big bears, you'll consistently shoot big bears. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's good advice. Good advice for sure. So, cool. 
Oh, let me see here. Anything else I want to talk about? No, you know, I had a lot of questions, but you sort of, you're a good guess. You answered them all without me asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I had things on here like, uh, um, what were the hippies doing at your bait? And um, how do you, I, well, I want to elaborate on one more thing before I let you go here, Dan. Um, so we kind of talked about a little bit with, I want to jump over to Wisconsin again. So you, with Wisconsin, for those that don't know, you're only allowed to put out 10 gallons a day at a bait site. And which is difficult for um, people coming from a long ways away that want to hunt Wisconsin, right? Like like me, I've got a tag for Wisconsin this year. Well, I can only put out 10 gallons. So in the past, you've only gone out once a week and baited? Can you repeat that? Yeah, yeah. So so if you so in Wisconsin, right? So when you typically hunt Wisconsin, um, well, recently you've only hunted Zone C, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you? I have hunted Northern Zones, but in in recent years I've just hunted C. Okay. So well, when you hunted the Northern Zones, did you? Mm -hmm. How did you? How did you personally do that? Uh, I went up there and I hunted it similar to. Um, to Minnesota, only only just put 10, 10 gallons on it, and I, okay. I would bait for a weekend, then go home, okay. and go back up and bait for a weekend. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, there was a couple times when I had, uh, you know, paid a local guy to bait for me. Okay, I see. Um, but I tended to do better when I did it myself. Mm -hmm. I think some people are sloppy if they're not, you know, up to your yeah, yep, uh, knowledge. Let's say. Right? Yeah. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree there. So, but you were successful. When you did that, then pretty consistent. Yeah, I remember uh, one hunt that uh, I went up there and I hunted in that Bayfield swamp, mm -hmm. and uh, there was a there's like a dirt road that goes through that swamp, and okay. uh, driving through it, um, I was looking at how the terrain laid out and, and where there was like dry points, and, and checking some maps. There were some crop fields up top, and I heard, heard some rumors in town that the guy in those crop fields was having bear problems. Mm -hmm. So I was figuring the bears are coming from down below down here okay. and, uh, on the public. And, uh, I went and set a bait up, you know, about 300 yards in from the road where there really wasn't a lot of trees. And I mean, we got this little tree. My son's the one who had to tag. Okay. And, uh, it was actually later in the season because, uh, the first week I took him up there and I had a local guy bait for him and we saw a bear the first day and never saw another one. Okay. And, uh, he wanted to continue to hunt. And I knew it was going to be hard, but so we, we went and we set up a bait, um, the next weekend after he was done hunting with the outfitter. Okay. We went after, traveled around, found a spot, set up this bait, and, uh, we're going to hunt for the weekend with the bait and just really sent the hell out of it and hope we could pull one in the weekend. If not, we'd come back up the next weekend and try again. Yeah. The same spot, you know, now we had a bait established, right? Mm -hmm. And, and we're going to pull more baits, but we ended up just getting the one bait out, out after mm -hmm. driving all the way from down here, right? Yeah. After work or whatever we did on a Friday. Yeah. So then we dropped this bait and we drive to Ashland to eat. Mm -hmm. We eat and then we're like, well, you know, we go sit in a motel and shoot the shit or we can go sit in tree stands. We'll always sit in the tree stands, right? Yeah. I mean, it's no brainer. So we go back and now this is like uh, three hours after we baited. Mm -hmm. The bait's been opened up and uh, a bunch of baits missing. We climbed that tree up and he shot the bear that night. <laughs> no kidding that's awesome the same day we baited 
which is always you can get them to come in. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a huge bear yeah. by any means. You know, it was your average small bear. But yeah. uh, it was his first bear. He was happy as hell. But right. um, other than that, I haven't had a lot of success by myself up there unless I got somebody to help me. I mean, my biggest bear was shot in sea, but it was on the border um, uh, of uh, B. Okay. It was right on the border borderline, the center of the state up there, uh, Wausau area. Yeah. Uh, and that bear was uh, uh, 500 pounds dressed. Wow. Um, it was, it's a monster. I got a life size mounted. My, you know, it's two feet tall. I am. It's just a <laughs> mutant. <laughs> That's awesome. I love big bear uh, bears like that. That is cool. That bear, um, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, shows me these pictures of it eating out of a bathtub in a guy's backyard. He had his antique bathtub uh-huh. laying in his yard, you know, like hicks do up in the north woods right <laughs> yep and he'd fill it up with uh shell corn for the deer mm-hmm. and his bear was coming in and he had a camera on it to take pictures of the uh of the deer mm-hmm. and his bear was so big it had this thing straddle the leg on each side and he had his head buried in the corn and the next picture he's looking at the camera and then he ended up eating the camera oh, wow. he had pictures of, like, like you see the vangs but he, he was able to get the film out okay. you know, back in those days we didn't have digital cameras but, yep um so he showed me those pictures, and he said, yeah, nobody's got a tag up there. And I'm like, I got a tag. <laughs> He's like, you like, well, you want to go up there? And I'm like, yeah. So I went up there, and I looked at where that bathtub was. And he, it was a hunting cabin kind of in the woods, but he lived there. Mm-hmm. The guy was just kind of like a backwoods-type guy, side jobs or something, you know? Yeah. So I followed his, uh, the bear's trail, because the bear was coming in regularly, I guess, mm-hmm. back um, to the logging road. Um uh, not really a logging road, but just a gravel road that people used to go through there. Okay. And the trail went across, went through this wooded area and into a swamp where I thought he could be bedding. Mm-hmm. So I set up the bait at the exit of that trail where it exited the swamp. And I was only uh, 100 yards, 150 yards from that gravel road. And I really didn't know what there was for pressure up there, but I didn't expect much. Mm-hmm. And when I got up to opening day, I had that guy baiting for me daily. Yeah. Um, I get up there opening day, and he says, I got some bad news. Bait hasn't been hit in a week, and guys are set up all over the place. And there were, there were literally campsites everywhere, and I go up at a bait, and there's uh, uh, somebody had taken a camper and gone into the woods um, about 200 yards from the bait, and they had music playing, and, and they're all yelling and screaming. This stuff was not there. Yeah. You know, prior to this. And now the bait has gone dead for a week. Well, why do you think it went dead? Right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So I'm sitting there, and this guy's a night shifter, and he falls asleep on the couch, and there's no TV, no nothing. And I'm sitting there in midday, and I'm like, well, screw this. I'm all pussy, and I'm going to go out and sit in the tree. Yeah. So I go to sit in the tree over this bait that hasn't been hit in a week, and it starts to rain. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what else could go wrong? You know, I'm staring at the sky, <laughs> and I look down. And here's this giant bear walking into the bait. Just picked up the bear, bow and shot him. And there's, awesome. at the same time, I can hear the music and the guys uh, coming from the guy's camper down the trail. <laughs> I mean, it's the most bizarre story ever, and that's <laughs> that's the biggest bear I ever shot. No kidding, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you do all this remote hunting. Tell you how stealthy it was and how remote it was, <laughs> but that's not the case. Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, you do all this remote hunting and all these you know crazy adventures, and you shoot a bear, your biggest bear, like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool, though. <laughs> the, the real key to it is is the the if you want success in 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 Wisconsin, 
is getting somebody to bait for you or to be in an area where you can bait constantly. Yeah. You'd be right. better off if you have some bears by your house baiting by your house where you can bait every day. Right. Rather than traveling to some place weekly and, and baiting. You just won't be able to get that consistent bear who gets feeling safe around that bait. Right. If you're only doing it on weekends. Gotcha. Unless you, you're in a spot where you can put enough bait out where it lasts a week. You don't want that bait to run out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's the challenge I've got this year. So, I don't know. I'm going to give it a go and see what happens, I guess. <laughs> so, good to know. I've got I've got ideas, but we'll see. So, okay, cool. Um Well, I guess Dan, where can folks find your uh that the the actual DVD is co- is titled Extreme Bear Tactics Do It Yourself Bear Camp. Where uh, where can folks get a hold of that if they want to buy it from you? On my Hunting Beast website. Okay. So uh, www.thehuntingbeast.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you Google Dan Infault, it should come up. Yeah. Um, and when you go in there, you go you you click on the forums and click on the one that says store. Okay. And then when you go to the store, it should be right in there. Just click on DVDs, and it's right there. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I uh, highly recommend it for everybody that's asking me how to do long-distance baiting um, hunts. I mean, this applies even not even just to the North Woods, but, I mean, if you're a guy in Colorado trying to hunt Wyoming or Idaho or something, this this definitely applies for you, too. So, uh um, if you're baiting bears and you don't come out of this with something, you're not really open-minded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally agree. Totally agree. So, cool. But, uh, yeah. So, anyway, awesome. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Dan? No, I'm good. Okay, cool. Well, appreciate you coming on, and uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and uh, catch you guys next time. Thanks. <laughs>